0: Well, good morning (laughs) and welcome to First Church. (laughs) It is so good to have you back for the second week of our sermon series called Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. Say it with me. Kingdom Kingdom Come. come. If you are new with us this morning, we want to welcome you. We are so glad you are here. You are returning with us. Thank you for your grace and your patience with me. I told somebody I had a great time preaching last week. I don't know if anyone had a good time listening, but I had a great time preaching. So thank you for uh, your patience with me. uh, We are doing this this sermon series. It's taking a look at four aspects uh, that when they appear, uh, Four aspects that uh, the the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Presence, power, prayer, and peacemaking. Let's say it together. Presence, Presence. power, prayer, prayer, and peacemaking. Today, we are looking at power. I That's, caught you by surprise. did.
1: <laughs> we're going to um, actually turn our attention now to the screen. The scripture reading will be there. And I'm going to uh, read the word of God. And if you have your swords, you can bring them out. But the sword is up there, too. You can read it on the screen. And we're going to start in chapter 17 of 1 Kings, verse 17 through 24. This is what the word of God says for the people of God today. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, men of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? <laughs> Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, "O Lord, my God. Have you brought tragedy also upon this widow I am staying with, but causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, Your son is alive. (laughs) Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth.
0: (laughs) The passage opens in chapter 17 with Elijah announcing a drought. God has things covered uh, for Elijah. He says the ravens will feed you for a little bit. I always wondered how the ravens did this. Did an uh, 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 airplane drop or what is served on a plate? <laughs> or uh, And the mouth of birds are so dirty. did he, he sterilize uh, before or didn't he have to watch meat afterwards? So many questions. But then, all of a sudden, the stream dries up. No more water, no more ravens. But God always has another plan. He says to Elijah, go on into the region of Sidon, and there you will meet a widow who will supply all your needs. So Elijah sets out. When he gets there, I am guessing that he expected dinner to be served for him. (laughs) But the widow had another plan. She says, as surely as the Lord your God lives. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make myself a meal before my son and myself that you may eat it and die. My guess is that she was looking for some sort of sympathy from Elijah. But what, uh, what, uh, what is he like to say? He says, go home and do exactly what you said. <laughs> but I'm hungry. First, make a small loaf of bread for me and then make yourself something for your, you and your son. But listen to this next verse. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour would not be used up. And the jug of wario will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on this people, on this land. That's what he did. She went away and did exactly what Elijah says. For there was food in every day for the Elijah and for the woman and for her family.
1: So the first thing that we see in this passage is that this woman is seeing a a series of unexpected events, unexpected turns in her life. Um, Last year, on December 31st, I preached a sermon titled Unexpected Turns. And I began the sermon like this. As we wrap up 2017 and welcome 2018, I'm sure there will be unexpected turns that life will bring our way. Some will cause a great deal of pain. Others will be a wonderful source of joy. And yet others might contain a mix of both. Little did I know that my sermon would be somewhat prophetic. And a week later, Andrew would be receiving such difficult diagnosis. Unexpected turns. But through it all, we see that God has remained faithful. God has provided all the way through. The oil has not run out. Even for us, even for the church, because his works for us are always for our good. Even when life throws curveballs our way that are absolutely unseen, totally unwelcome, and completely and shockingly unexpected. As we consider the widow in this passage, we see her dealing with a, a series of events that are going from bad to worse. First, she's a widow. Which means that her economic security has been absolutely dismantled in the society in which she lived. Then there's a drought that comes. And basically, she has, she's left with a few things and thinks she's, it's the end. She's going to die. And as if, as if that wasn't enough, now her son is ill and stops breathing. Oh, my goodness. She begins to think all sorts of things. She begins to blame herself. She begins to blame Elijah. A Completely natural reactions, isn't it? When suffering comes, the first thing we do is ask all sorts of questions. Uh, what caused this? Uh, how did we get here? Why me? Why now? In all these questions, of course, we are not able to settle today in this brief sermon because it merits an entire sermon of its own to tackle the mystery of why the righteous suffer. We're going to leave that for another Sunday. But here, I just want to bring this to your attention. Suffering is very much a part of our human reality since the beginning of times. And questioning is also very much a part of our human reality as rational beings since the beginning of times. So this woman is not alone in her dilemma. But how we handle trials, difficult situations when they come, actually will prove to be more beneficial in the end than seeking to resolve the mystery of suffering. Will we fix our eyes on the problem, the author and destroyer of our faith? Or will we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? You see, every single one of us is always faced with this same question and choice. Our choice is ours, fixing our eyes on him. Now, the truth is that God never promised to shield us from trials, difficulties, So if you are having that wonderful time of your life, praise God, enjoy it, embrace it, and live it to the full. And if you are in the midst of despair, in the midst of in the pit, then hold on because better times are coming. Hold on tight because he will get you through. There's always a a light at the end of the tunnel. And so we rejoice with those who rejoice. And we mourn with those who mourn. But here's the truth. Jesus Christ himself Never promised that we wouldn't have to go through difficulty in life. He himself said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome. And God, over and over again throughout the narrative of scripture, shows us how to overcome. In fact, uh, one of my favorite verses says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you pass and go through the fire, you will not be burnt. So never mind the flames, never mind the currents, and never mind the winds. Because guess what? The promise is still good for us today. He is with us, and he will never leave us, nor forsake us. Now here's the thing. Whatever we go through in life, whatever difficulty and and situation in life, has always the potential to distort our perception of the truth because of the level of damage our emotions have received. And so we begin to believe things that are actually not true about ourselves. So we may feel lonely, but the truth is that we're never alone. We may be afraid, but the truth is that God has not given us a spirit of fear. You see, we may feel unloved, unvalued, unforgivable, but the truth is that his unfailing love can never be shaken because nothing can separate us from his love. And so you see, our perception of the truth may be skewed, but the truth doesn't change because the truth is a person. It's Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and and forever. And so here is his word. The word is true. Will you receive it as you go through those difficult life situations that might throw you aloof?
0: The second thing, if you are taking notes, is Elijah's persistent heart. Elijah's persistent heart. Elijah says, give me your son. And he took her son from his arms and carried him into the upper room where he was staying at, and laid him on the bed. He cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? If we think back to last week, Elijah is feeling forsaken right now. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me my God why uh, you save this boy from starvation, only to let him die like this God her only son and there are two ways to handle this two ways to approach this issue we can either give up or we can get up (laughs) we can give up or we can get up. He can, he, he, uh, uh, we can say, it's too hard. Or we can say, with God, all things are possible. <laughs> we can say, either it's too difficult. Or we can say, we, there's nothing impossible with God. Yeah. He, 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 we can say, it's all over. The boy is dead. It, or, it, uh, or we can say, my son, get uh, um, Jesus says, there is power available to you. All you have to do is ask. There is power in the name of Jesus. All you have to do is believe it, that it is available to you. Now, Lucas is, is beginning to believe uh, that the uh, uh, Lord can deliver and heal uh, he's got az- Exhibit A right here in front of him, but uh, um, he's just not sure that he needs uh, healing and deliverance right now as the age of four. Uh, the uh, other day, uh, he was standing up on his chair like for your doom, and the chair ticked out, uh, ticked out in front of him, and Lucas came tumbling out. Before uh, I, for I can say anything, Lucas, are you all right? Lucas, are you hurt? Lucas, that stings. Before you can, I can say anything, Lucas sat up on the floor and with a straight face, declared, I okay, I didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay, I didn't die. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, the son of uh, uh, the widow was dead. But watch what Elijah does, First Kings 17. Then he stretched himself out over the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. Elijah was not taking no for an answer. Three times he, he stretched himself out over the boy. Now, I believe that I have personally been healed and I am being healed. But if there is any confusion and I happen to die, I vote the whole church to, <laughs> uh, to, uh, to stretch out over me three times. <laughs> three times at least. Can you imagine if he only did two times or one time? Sorry for the luck. Uh, I, I, I wish he could have done better. My guess is, if Elijah, if uh, it's, uh, if it it would have taken more times, Elijah would have done it four times, five times, seven times, a hundred times, whatever it took. That's what Elijah was going to do.
1: Yes, and, and sometimes we just give up too soon. Maybe God wants to work on our endurance muscles (laughs) and he wants us to keep working at it. And so that's the value of never giving up. I I remember hearing the story of a lady who who used to come to the altar over and over again for healing for some um, uh, condition she had. And she kept coming to the altar year after year and nothing, nothing, 50 times She came to the altar and the 50th time she got healed. (laughs) Now, uh, God's ways uh, to me uh, sometimes don't make sense. I don't know why. Uh, Don't ask me. Uh, You know, (laughs) I have no idea how she got healed on the 50th time she asked. But the amazing thing is she didn't give up. Mm -hmm. And so this is the amazing, uh, uh, the importance of never giving up hope. Mm -hmm. Never giving up until the Holy Spirit can bring the fulfillment of all his plans and purposes. Mm -hmm. So we find that at our lowest... We find that when we are at the end of our robes, this becomes an opportunity for God's power to break in. Mm -hmm. This becomes an opportunity for us to experience his redemption, for us to experience his intervention. Mm -hmm. Our trials, difficulties, tribulations, our thorns in the flesh have this very opportunity to become the thing God will use in our lives to bring about his redemptive purposes. The word of God reminds us that God is able to turn things around, that he is in the business of divine exchanges, your pain for his healing, your grief for his joy, your brokenness for his restoration, your sinful heart for a pure heart. You see, he he always has our best interest in mind. It's not like he just takes it all away from you, leaves you with nothing. No, he, he knows that in this world we are going to be damaged by defi- difficult situations. But he, he never leaves us without a remedy to resolve it. He always offers himself. He always offers us his empowered life. It is always this divine exchange. His life, well, actually our lives for his life. And it is not until we confess and say, Lord, I am absolutely nothing without you. God, I am absolutely a dust. And to dust I shall return. But in the meantime, Lord, make this, this life bring glory to your name. And it is in that process that he comes and empowers us. It is in this process of humbling ourselves to him that he can lift us up once again. And empower us with his Holy Spirit. And revive what is dead in us he is in the business of divine exchanges. I heard the story not long ago of a pastor who, you know, got up one day and he was walking down the aisles of the streets some in someplace in Britain. Um, and then he began to walk the aisles and all of a sudden he noticed a young boy right there in the corner, about 10 years of age. And, and this young boy had a birdcage in his hand and and was doing something strange to the little birds inside the cage. And the pastor looked at that boy and stopped right there to see this strange sight he had never seen before. The young boy was getting those birds out and and, uh, squeezing them real hard and then taking the feathers off the birds and just laughing out loud. The pastor looked at that boy and said, Okay, there's something happening here. (laughs) So he approached the boy and said, Young boy, may I ask, what are you doing to those birds? Oh, I'm having fun. Look at this. I'm squeezing them real hard and I'm taking their feathers away. and oh, this is so enjoyable." The pastor looked at him and said, "And uh, may I ask why you're doing that?" Well, because I like it. Look at them. They're worthless. They're good for nothing. They can't even sing. They're so ugly. And I'm having a lot of fun. So the pastor thought for a minute, and said, I'll buy them from you. How much do you want for the birds? And the little boy said, well, you don't want these birds. They're not going to be good They're for you. They're not going to be useful to you. You don't want these birds. No, yes, yes, I want them. How much? How much, he said. And the little boy thought for a minute and said, $10. Now, the pastor, like every good pastor, <laughs> is also a good businessman. <laughs> so he negotiated with the boy a little bit i must have been south american and so the the pastor you know said all right all right i'll give you the ten dollars but i also want the cage and so the boy said all right sure the why not extended his hand and said deal and the pastor took the cage and the little birds and and then uh, got home that day and washed the birds and then helped them fly away to the nearest tree the next day was sunday and so the pastor came to church, and instead of placing the Bible on the pulpit, he placed this empty cage on the pulpit. And the congregation said, oh, something happened to our pastor. What in the world? And the pastor began the sermon that day with these words. One day, God was roaming around the earth. And uh, as he approached the earth, he saw a strange sight right there in front of his very eyes. The devil had gripped humankind and he was doing something weird to them. And as he approached closer and his spirit came upon the earth, he asked Satan and said, what are you doing to the human beings? Oh, I'm having fun with them. Look, I'm teaching them all sorts of things. I'm teaching them how to get married and get divorced. I'm teaching them how to make bombs and kill each other. I'm teaching them how to lie with to one another. I'm teaching them how to be so prideful that they can't even see you. I'm teaching them all sorts of things. God looked at that and said, and, uh, why are you doing that? Well, because I like it. Oh, I'm having so much fun lying to them and telling them all sorts of deceptions and, and making their life miserable. Oh, I love this. And plus, they're good for nothing. Look at them. They're worthless. They're ugly. They can't even sing. Oh, how, how much do you want for them, God said. Oh, you don't want these people. They're not going to obey your word. They're gonna, not going to worship you when tough times come. They're going to turn back and turn away from you. No, 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 no. How much? How much? I will give you anything you ask. The devil thought for a minute and he said, I want all of your tears and the very last drop of your son's blood. And God said, deal. And he sent his only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life that begins right here today. He's still in the business of exchanging great things all he desires all he wants is for you to recognize your need for him your pain for his healing your mourning and loss for his comfort and peace your brokenness for his restoration your absolute despair fear, anxiety, and depression for His joy, empowerment, and light through His Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And it is in the Spirit that we find the source of power to go on despite whatever comes our way. And His Holy Spirit is right here Mm -hmm. and wants to be empowering your life today. So as we open the altars this morning, I believe that God wants to just make a deal with you i believe that he wants to exchange something in you and that if you listen to his voice and open your heart and allow his spirit to come in perhaps today could be the day that you begin to be empowered by his presence inside of you so if you're willing and open to receive the source of power for your life the altars are open. Maybe you need to enter into a relationship with him to begin with. Oh, maybe you just need a, a refreshing of your spirit. Maybe you just need a touch in your emotions. Maybe you just need a, a touch of his presence upon something you've been caring for so long that it's just time to let go and allow his majestic name. To shine through your brokenness. So, that if that is you today, I invite you to come forward. Don is going to play, and we're going to just wait upon the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite Him to come and just exchange, change something in you for His absolute power in your life.
2: In the name of Jesus.
1: Holy Father, oh, Lord Jesus, you who gave up everything for us, you who gave up your own life to rescue us, to redeem us, to restore us, to recreate us, come, Lord, and do it it again, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and draw your people, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and lift us up to where we belong. Come and unveil, Father God, uncover, Lord. Uncover our hearts, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit may come in, Lord, and fill us up, Lord, with your power, Father. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord Jesus, we will wait upon you, Father. We know, Lord, that you did it through Elijah. We know, Father God, that you are in the business of raising up prophets, raising up voices, raising up whoever will believe that you can still show up with your power today, Lord. So more than a good sermon, Lord, more than beautiful music, oh God, we need your power, Lord. We need your power over sin. We need your power over our weaknesses. We need your power over our illnesses. We need your power in this place, Holy Spirit. So lift us up, Lord. Lift us up, oh God. Come, Lord, and minister to your people, Lord. Minister to us today, Lord, in Jesus' name, oh God. Don, sing that that song again. (laughs)